It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, we are live here at Priority Talk. Uh, I'm going to be your host tonight. My name is Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. He'll be gone for the rest of the week, so it will be me and Stuart in the studio. Stuart, how are you doing? Doing great. Man, that is that is good to hear. Um, good to hear. And so, yeah, it'll be us holding down the four and talking about a lot of good stuff today, covering some news. And then in the second hour, we'll be talking about uh, uh, abortion and assisted suicide. It's going to be some good stuff that we need to we need to know about. But before we dive in to all that stuff, uh, well, I have a tragedy to report to you tonight. It's it makes me really sad, but I had a shaving accident earlier and my beard, uh, you know, it's just no longer there. So you might not know what I look like. You're probably better off for that. But normally I have a beard of various lengths, you know, sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. And typically I'll try to trim it and keep it for however long before cutting cutting it short again. Well, this morning, I kind of had a noops. And uh, whenever you hear that, whether it's uh, cooking, whether it's shaving, whether it's whatever you're doing, building something, fixing something, an oops is not what you want. And it was an oops that was not fixable. And so I had to just start completely over. I am clean shaven for the first time in a few years. So, yes, it, it's weird. I Going outside and feeling the wind on your face, it is odd. So enough. I know y'all just had to hear that story and are just so interested in that. So we will move on. If only we had a Facebook stream to where people could see what you look like now. If only we if did. Only. In fact, we do, Stuart. That is a great point. We do have a Facebook a stream that y'all can check out. So if you want to see that, you know, you are more than welcome to do that. Yes, I'm in the studio, uh, like I said, with Stuart. So, Stuart, talk to me about this weekend in college football. What did you see? What Did anything stand out to you? Um, the Penn State-Ohio State game was the game I watched most tentatively. Tentatively, it, uh-huh. uh, it it got ugly at the end, but it was really good up until I'd say probably six minutes left in the game. It was really a good game. Yeah. And then uh, the Auburn game, I kind of tuned out after it kind of got out of hand. Tennessee started blowing Kentucky out. I stopped paying attention as much. But yeah, the the Ohio State Penn State game was. I mean, it's it, you know, it's with Alabama bye week. As an Alabama fan, I just kind of hope for some good games, and I got one of them at least. So yeah, I was really hoping that Kentucky game. I was hoping that was going to be interesting, and it was the opposite of interesting unless you like watching a shellacking and so yeah Tennessee is looking looking kind of scary I'm not gonna lie I mean all right Stuart so let's say this uh uh 
Tennessee beats Georgia next week. Let's say they make it to the championship game. Mm-hmm. No, actually, let's back up. Uh, in the championship game, who do you want to see more as an Alabama fan? Do you want to see Tennessee or do you want to see Georgia? Uh, I'm not going to. I really would like a second chance at Tennessee, if okay. I'm being honest. Neutral field, I like our chances more. Second time around, have time to adjust. I like our chances. I would, I would love to beat either of them if we get the chance to do so but i don't know the the tennessee loss is more recent i'm I'm looking to and you know they're talking a lot of smack been 15 years got i would love to put them in their place again yes i will say that tennessee fans are are feeling good we probably got uh some listening tonight so definitely and and i get it you know i'm 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 glad tennessee is back i think uh josh heupel is that his name yes uh, he's done a great job as a coach, and Tennessee's back, and so so I enjoy it. As long as you know, I want Alabama to win in the end. But uh, but yeah, but also so while yes, I'd like another shot at Tennessee. I'd also like another shot at Georgia. So it yeah. feels like if Alabama can run the table, they need to beat LSU. You know, take care of business to make it to the championship game. Either one, I think there'll be some measure of revenge. I just figure Alabama's defense won't turn in another performance like they did against Tennessee, right? And like, and the most most penalties in school history in that game. Yes, I like so penalties, the defense can't play that bad again. You just figure mm-hmm. that, that you know, they'll they'll remember there's this number 11 who's kind of fast yeah, and just you, a little bit. you might want to cover him, maybe a little bit. Uh, so they, they might remember those things and you you cited something really big, the uh, home field advantage that Tennessee had. And so, yeah, so that's our, our, you know, just covering that a little bit. And so, let's see, what else? Uh, weather's looking good this week in the 70s in, in this area, so I'm excited. I need to do some work around the house. And, uh, yeah, it's it'll, it'll be a good week, and I'm looking forward to the uh, Alabama-LSU game. Uh, so I guess uh, it's not Friday, but do you have any predictions for that, Alabama-LSU? It's at LSU, right, I think? Yeah, we're not as good on the road. I, I, think, I think it'll be – Close. The thing is, LSU's offense—they don't have the best pass offense, and that seems to be our our weakness on defense. I kind of—I think we can rattle that quarterback. I think we'll—it'll be close, and then late third quarter, early fourth quarter, we'll pull away and win. I, I sure hope so. So again, they get those are some hostile environments. I can't even imagine playing in some of those places. But but yeah, so that's some sports for you there. And so yeah, my name's uh, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. This is Pri- Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Y'all can check us out on social media at Priority Talk. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Y'all check us out online, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And in case you miss anything, we have the uh, Priority Talk podcast. And so I think uh, that's just uh, an awesome thing to do because we'll we'll be talking about a lot of good stuff. Uh, One thing we're going to get into, I'll mention it briefly here, then we'll have to get to a break. But Asians now are the new Jews. And you might hear that and you're like, 
What does that mean? What is he saying? Well, Jews were treated a certain way in the 1900s when it came to uh, top college admissions, you know, getting into some top colleges. Asians are, are kind of coming across that now as well. And so we'll dive into some of those things. But uh, yeah, so we're just uh, talking about life tonight. Uh, priority talk uh, five to seven on weekdays. And uh, yeah, we're having a good time. Well, we're going to head into break. Y'all don't go anywhere. We have a lot of good stuff on the other side. Priority Talk. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-739. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, it's Chad Gillies from Hillsong United. Thanks for listening to Priority Talk. And we are back live on Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams, in the st- uh, studio with Stuart. And uh, our phone number is 205-941-1011. So y'all call in with your thoughts. We are live. And I'd love to hear what you have to say. And so uh, in the first section, we just kind of talked about life a little bit, a little bit of football. And now we're going to move to to a little bit of the Supreme Court. So there's an article on 1819 News uh, by Will Blakely titled uh, University of Alabama, SCOTUS, so the Supreme Court, SCOTUS decision on affirmative action would not impact admissions policy. And you're like, okay, what's going on at the Supreme Court? Well, there is a chance that uh, affirmative action might get struck down, or at least some uh, facets of it, some aspects of it, and uh, might get struck down by the Supreme Court. And uh, personally, I really hope that's the case, because I think it was well-intentioned, but I think it's also punished people unnecessarily, and we'll get to that a little bit. And so uh, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments Monday in favor of 
and against affirmative action policies, which makes race a factor in admissions to both public and private universities. The challenges come in response to admissions policies at the University of North Carolina and Harvard, which consider race. Conservative activist and founder of Students for Fair Admissions, Edward Blum, is behind both cases and suggests the policies discriminate against white and Asian people and are, therefore, unconstitutional. And so uh, the Supreme Court tends to, in these kind of cases, if just from my research, uh, if this is true, tends to uh, support these kind of programs that are race-based when it comes to admissions uh, for various reasons. There's a case um, against the University of Texas at Austin in 2015, and the Supreme Court upheld the way that they use race in the university's admissions process. But I'm hoping that it uh, it falls, and I hope, I'm hoping that it changes, because what often happens with liberal policies, and this is the case here, they, they're designed like they're well-intentioned. And that's what you often say. They're well-intentioned. They're meant to do good. And so if you're looking at uh, people, various minorities, uh, black and uh, Hispanic, and, and you want to help various minorities, you want to help them get into college. Well, what can sometimes happen is that there are other students, such as you know, there are Asian students, that are then discriminated against uh, it because... Uh, you know, if you can only allow a certain number of people into your school every semester, every year, well, then eventually you got to start deciding, all right, we have this Asian student who did really well and has a, a sterling, a sparkling college admissions uh, packet that they turned in, their application, and it looks really good, but dang, we have this, uh, I, I'm wary of using the word quota. But we have this quota, for lack of a better word, where we already have enough Asians. And so we take this perfectly, this student that deserves it off of merit, off of the various different factors. You know, they factor in community service and things like that. And uh, they they have a good application, but we're going to say no to them. And then we will accept this other student that's not as deserving to get into these top-notch programs. And so it's a discrimination against Asians, if I'm going to be blunt. Uh, and, and that's why I said before the break, are Asians the the new Jews, except for today? Because that happened with Jews in the 1900s, particularly with Harvard, but I figure it was other places as well. But anyways, returning to the article, it says that according to Ballotpedia, eight states have banned affirmative action in their university admissions, including Arizona, California, Florida, Michigan, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Washington. Alabama is not on this list, but has no documented public four-year colleges considering race, according to its data. And so there are about 20% of public four-year colleges that use race in admissions. And so uh, and, and, and so that's where affirmative action comes in. It's well-intentioned, but it ends up discriminating against other minorities in this case. Asians are a minority. And uh, the left doesn't really know what to do with Asians 
Asians because uh, the woke because the 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 Asian population in the U.S. does not follow some of their theories, does not follow some of their systemic thoughts on race, uh, race, racism in this country. And so, uh, yeah. And so that's one article. Let me go to the Wall Street Journal. And the Wall Street Journal, this was a long time ago in 2015, but this has been going on for a while. And it's just now kind of getting to the Supreme Court in this iteration of these cases. But uh, but the Wall Street Journal in 2015 has an article that really tied it back to the, the Jews in the 1900s, where there were, quote unquote, like too many Jews. There were too many Jews uh, making it into Harvard, other colleges potentially. And so they... Uh, they started to discriminate against the Jews and started to not accept as many of them or however that worked out, the details there. And now they're doing the same thing to uh, with Asians. And so I just want us to be aware of that, that we don't do that. I don't want our colleges to do that here in Alabama. I think it should be off of merit, if, if I'm being honest. And so I think merit should be the heaviest uh, indicator because you don't want to discriminate against people that have worked hard. They, they want the the t- Top-notch schools, in my mind, should accept the top-notch students. So schools should accept the students that you know reflect their uh, quality of education in terms of their uh, in terms of merit. I'm very merit-based, and so uh, yeah, I think I think that's those are my thoughts. But a lot of people will disagree with me on that. If you do, um, I don't mind at all. I'd love to talk about it. But it's very discriminatory against Asians. And why do I say Asians don't really fit the mold when it comes to the left? The left has created a narrative of race system institutions and the left will often hold particularly the further left you go that America is a racist nation and its policies are racist its institutions are racist this that the other and so they will point to various factors with maybe blacks and Hispanics and they'll say look at these statistics compared to whites they're not good statistics whether you, you look at various things therefore America is a racist nation. And so what happens with Asians is they come in as a quote unquote model minority and they don't fit the mold there. Asians as a minority do very well in this country. I think they do better than white people. Uh, They make more money and uh, they do better in school, this, that, the other. And so, so all of a sudden, if you are on the far left or more of the woke side of the left, how do you explain that? Because if there are disparities in in performance between blacks and whites, you say, oh, well, obviously that's racism. Well, explain the disparities between whites and Asians using race, and they can't do it. You know, Asians do better than white people. And so using race to explain that won't get you anywhere. It's like, are there systems and structures in this country to put an advantage to Asians? Or does stereotypical Asian culture have certain values that then lead Asian students to do well in school and then to go into high earning fields and make a lot of money? Do you want to talk values or do you want to talk race? I want to go in the direction of values. Each 
culture and subculture has certain values that will then translate to certain jobs. So for instance, if you've come from a culture that really values uh, engineering and being a doctor, various things like that, well, guess what? In that culture, people from that culture will tend to make more money and they'll tend to work harder. In your home, were grades valued? Did you have parents pushing you for higher grades? Well, guess what? If you did, generally, you're going to get higher grades because you were pushed to do so. And so there are positives and negatives of that. You know, I get that stress levels and uh, suicide in Asian, uh, some Asian cultures can be particularly high. And so, you know, I'm not saying like everything's fine and dandy, but Asian culture does not fit into leftist narrative. And so what oftentimes the left will do, and they've done this with Jews as well, is they'll say, well, um, you know, Asians, yes, they're a minority, I guess, but they've just become white. Or they'll do that with Jews. Jews are now white. And so that, that'll explain it, you know, Jews and, and Asians. And they'll kind of, I don't want to say erase their, uh, their culture a little bit, but they'll kind of lump it all with white people. And they'll say, oh, look, yeah, systems and structures advantage white people. Asians are now white, and so they have an advantage. You see that little move right there? It's not falsifiable, but it helps to fit the leftist narrative of everything being about race. Everything can be explained by racism. And so when you have Jews or Asians doing well, well, the only the explanation that can happen is that they're now white. And we call them white, which is why they're doing well. And America is only for and only helps white people. And so that's the move the left makes to explain it. It's it's very weak. I don't buy it. Uh, but I think, you know, it's all, all it comes down to the values that your culture upholds. So think about your your groups growing up, your church, maybe it was your community, your family. What values did you hold dear? And I bet then as you grew up, those values influenced the jobs you took, the schools you went to, how you lived, how, you know, various things. And I think values are a much better indicator of those things than just pointing to skin color. Oh, it's all because of skin color. I think race has uh, you know, various things to it. I think race is a variable and a factor that we need to t take into account. I just, it's not the magic wand that um, leftists will use to explain absolutely everything. And so those are some of my thoughts on the issue. Again, if you want to call in, it's 205-941-1011. We'll continue to talk about the news as we head into further into the first hour. Again, we have two hours here at Priority Talk. Love for you to stay on and keep listening on the other side we have some stories uh you know from craig monger uh, 1819 news and then uh, stephanie holden smith about uh, we're going to talk a little bit about children and schools and how people are answering the craziness in our schools what are the trends what are people doing that's what we'll be talking about on the other side of the break y'all don't go anywhere this is nate williams on priority talk radio The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. 
UAB football, win is one. Are you listening or just joined us? Guess what? It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... And we are back live at Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams, with Stuart in the studio, holding things down. Greg Davis is out traveling, but he'll be back. And uh, now we'll move to a little bit, still on the school subject, but a little bit younger age group. Uh, From 1819 News, Craig Monger, uh, Huntsville drag queen teacher back in the classroom. And so a little while we reported on this story. uh, And so I'll read, read part of the article. According to parents, the Huntsville teacher who came under fire for drag queen performances outside of school is back teaching after two weeks. In mid-October, Libs of TikTok, now if you don't know what Libs of TikTok is, it's a famous uh, social media account that will show woke accounts and their videos and the comments that they make. And so it just kind of like just reveals some very leftist thinking and then just like by sharing things or taking screenshots. And so Libs of TikTok revealed that James Miller... A Mountain Gap middle school teacher has long been moonlighting as a drag queen. Dressed in his persona of Madge D. Vine, or Majesty Divine, Miller was shown on video reading a children's book at a dog rescue where children were present, making quips that some found inappropriate. Now, this is my comment on this. It's not... It's not, you know, finding it inappropriate. It is inappropriate. Uh, going back to the article. In the videos posted to the Madge D. Vine Facebook page, Miller can be heard commenting that everybody likes a big bone, also saying all men have meat on their mind. And so uh, apparently this teacher is back teaching at school. And I understand there are lots of thoughts on this. Again, when I commented on this, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I was torn between two conservative impulses. One impulse was to say, well, it is this person's private life. They can do as they please. Just leave them alone and just don't do these things in schools with our children. So that was one conservative impulse. The other conservative impulse was uh, protecting the children in that they're, to this drag queen lifestyle, it has a very sexual nature to it. A lot of drag shows now are being uh, are being marketed as family friendly, and you'll have uh, unfortunately children touching drag queens in very very inappropriate ways, collecting money at certain types of shows, uh, giving money to these uh, people in very very suggestive ways. Again, there's a lot of awful stuff dealing with children. 
there is a uh, kind of a oh, man. I hate to use this word on on air, really, but there's like a, a sort of a fetish nature to certain aspects of drag queen performances, and uh, it's it's really sickening. I talked a little bit about before about women face and how it is awful how men just appropriate if I can use kind of that 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 buzzword appropriate women the femininity the female appearances for their own just you know various pleasures and I'm like why it's one thing if you're into adult behavior and you keep it among amongst adults so let's say I was into a certain lifestyle that was very adult focused adult themes and I did those things with other adults okay I see that go do your thing I just you know I, you don't have to tell me about it that's your life However, when you take this very sexual nature and then you always have these uh, uh, story uh, drag queen uh, story hours going to libraries, you have these performances, they're invited to schools to read books and, and all those things. That's where I'm like, okay, if it's very sexual, if it has a fetish nature to it, no, that doesn't need to be around kids. If you're doing adult type things, very with adult themes, keep it to adults. And so when you have someone reading these kind of books to children, and then it turns out that this person is a teacher to children, like that's their job, I think the line is a little too blurred and I would take action. I don't feel that that's appropriate. And so those are my thoughts. So I have a conservative, two conservative natures kind of battling it out inside of me um, when it comes to that. But I think that the children aspect, combining that with adult themes, is where I very much draw the line. And so uh, what do y'all think? Uh, 205-941-1011. Y'all, I'm okay with you disagreeing agreeing with me i'll just you know go home and cry about it a little bit i'll just you know be depressed for the next couple days but you know i'm okay with you disagreeing with me i'm just kidding y'all call in and uh, we can talk about it i'm I'm, i'll be all right and so uh, what are your thoughts and so moving from that story over to the christian post and so that's an alabama story this is also uh, well where is this no, this is not in Alabama. This is Vermont. Uh, Samantha uh, Kamen, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, has this title in the Christian Post. ADF sues after coach daughter suspended for misgendering trans student who used girls locker room. And so this was reported uh, a little bit earlier today. And so the ADF stands for Alliance Defending Freedom. And there was a complaint filed uh, because apparently this uh, father and daughter there was a suspension. So the daughter was suspended, even though that looks to be overturned once there was a lawsuit. And then the the father, uh, father, let's see, who was a coach, he was suspended without pay. And so the daughter now, I guess, can go back to doing things, but the father cannot. And so there was just this, uh, you know, let's see. The controversy began on September 21st when a 14-year-old male student who identifies as a girl and plays on the daughter's volleyball team entered the locker room while the girls were changing. Blake Allen was reportedly upset and left the locker room. The next day, Blake Allen complained about the incident to a few fellow students 
while in French class, saying that the trans-identified teammate is literally a dude and that he does not belong in the girls' locker room. While some people overheard this and reported Blake Allen to the co-principal's office, and so uh, there was a disciplinary action against her. And then the, the father, I believe, supported the daughter, naturally, and uh, he got suspended, too, if that's right in the story and so y'all this is just it's a mess and I think these steps that we need to take them and take legal action if need be because here's the way I think of it trans uh, ideology you know if you suffer from trans what what is it Uh, uh, gender dysphoria you know that's a mental illness and I wish you nothing but healing I wish you nothing but peace in your life and it's uh, tough but here's what cannot happen there is this biological reality that we live in and uh, and and it has you know there's male and female and so if you live in a world where you identify a certain way I can't change your mind, and I'm not even going to try. But the problem occurs when you tell me now that I have to live in your world versus reality. I now have to uh, I now have to bend reality to then make you feel comfortable, make, make you feel comfortable, make you feel safe. And it's my participation that you demand, not just ask, it's demand. If I, and if you don't get that acceptance, affirmation and celebration, well, uh, then um I have to leave school, I have to lose my job because I'm not on that same uh, of that same way of thinking. And that's where I draw the line. And I'm like, okay, I wish you nothing but health and healing, but I think that uh, you know, you cannot force me to then live in that world that is not true and accurate to biological reality. And so it's at this point we have a caller, uh, Randall from Coleman County. You are on the air what do you have for us hey man thank you so much i was just listening to you as you uh as you were talking about that and i mean you are spot on it is wonderful and you know we're trying to we try to stand in the gap and try to try to stop this this uh what's going on with our world and it's just it's a scary sad thing but i think what we are definitely seeing is just kind of romans chapter one coming out and everything and and, you know yeah and you see what what uh what's good is bad now and what's bad is good and we want to save our children from this craziness um it really kind of goes back to the family where we have to just give our children the tools and be those people that they can see that uh that leads them to christ because i'm going to tell you you know man i would just uh, if i and my kids are grown now but i would pull them from a public school you know this stuff going on in alabama of all places i mean super conservative supposedly and uh and they're uh they're allowing that kind of a thing to touch our children and uh it's just it's just it's mind-boggling to me how did we get here so quickly and uh you know it's just it's, I, it's shocking to me absolutely you're, you're randall you hit the nail on the head and it's like you're a prophet because uh we have to go to break in the next minute or so but uh, mm-hmm. that's what i'll be talking about on the other side well with all this madness in our schools and unfortunately it's already in 
Alabama, not as bad as other places, but it's getting there. You know, it's mm-hmm. just more slowly. Uh, how do we respond to that? And so you actually predicted our topic for the next section as we close out the first hour. Randall, thank you for your call. That was awesome. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm listening. All righty. That is great. That was Randall. Very thankful for the call, y'all. I love callers, so y'all make sure to uh, to call in and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. And that is great. Well, friends, we have to head into break. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Do not go anywhere. Priority Talk. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley with Focus on the Family, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. All right, we are back live, and uh, yeah, we are Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. I'm with Stuart in the studio, and so we just had Randall call from Coleman County, and he talked about what we'll be talking about in this section to close out the first hour. And so we are going to talk about Stephanie Holden Smith's article on 1819 News titled Alabama's Children and Their Futures Are Counting on Us. And y'all, I'm not going to lie. There's uh, there's a lot of craziness in our public schools that gets in. And really how it gets in is through the university. What happens with the university is that there's a lot of radicalism there. And then uh, our students go. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes they get rad- radicalized. They have certain uh, woke ideologies. Then they come back into various areas. And then they get uh, teaching positions. And then they take what they learned from at the university and then come into other schools. And so 
What's happened is, I'll read a part of this article that I thought was really awesome. Uh, We're asking our children to carry loads that are entirely too heavy for them. American society is asking children to make reasonable calculations and adult decisions about things they should barely even know about. Too many adults are pushing sexuality on young children, and we each need to be asking ourselves questions about why that has become an accepted practice and who that practice benefits, because it is clearly not our nation's children. And uh, let's see, there's there's a story here uh, that I'm going to go to further down in the article. I'll read it again. Christian heroine Corey Ten Boom illustrated the situation perfectly in her book, The Hiding Place. And so this then goes to the book. So the line had stuck in my head, sex. I was pretty sure meant whether you were a boy or a girl. And sin made Tanta Jans very angry, but what the two together meant I could not imagine. And so, seated next to Father in the train compartment, I suddenly asked, Father, what is sex sin? He turned to look at me, as he always did when answering a question, but to, to my surprise, he said nothing. At last he stood up, lifted his traveling case from the rack over our heads, and set it on the floor. "'Will you carry it off the train, Corey?' he said. "'I stood up and tugged at it. "'It was crammed with the watches and spare parts he had purchased that morning. "'It's too heavy,' I said. "'Yes,' he said. "'And it would be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. "'It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. "'Some knowledge is too heavy for children.' When you are older and stronger, you can bear it. For now, you must trust me to carry it for you. And that's an incredible story for what we're talking about, that we're asking our children to to carry knowledge that they just shouldn't now at their age. We're telling them that they can make sexual decisions that they're not mature enough to handle, that they can determine their own gender. They can't handle that. They they barely even know, I don't know, just basic facts about themselves. They barely know who they are, what they want to do, their identity. And we're asking them to figure out all of these things. And so that leads to, uh, in my opinion, an increase in anxiety, an increase of worry and stress, having to figure out all these things without, you know, proper pathways developed for them through thousands of years of roles and society that you can hold on to and elders that you go to for wisdom. Now it's okay, make it all up on your own. Now it's uh, you determine truth. You determine morality. You determine who you are and your gender. And, you know, you can get sexually active as early as, well, really, depending on how left you go, as early as a little child. They're they're being taught certain sexual activities. And kids weren't meant to handle that. When they go on social media, I've talked about this before, we were not designed mentally, psychologically to care about countless hundreds and thousands of people our brains can't handle it now with social media you're exposed to the thoughts of everyone everyone's comments everyone's opinions you are bombarded 24 7 well kids can't handle that i mean to be honest 
adults can't handle that and it stresses them out. We're not meant to 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 be able to care about all the issues of the world. What's going on in Asia, Africa, South America, you know, all of a sudden but with these uh, headlines that you get on social media, now you're exposed to all the world news at the same time and it's just overwhelming not just for kids but adults as well. And so uh, we'll have on a caller now. We have Henry from Winston County. All right, Henry, we have a couple minutes. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, the caller brought up uh, Romans, and I have to say, uh, you know, he's absolutely right, but there's something that uh, I explained to my children in Lamentations, and uh, I don't know how many people read it this way, but I'll say it's not verbatim, but it says, Listen, before you send your children out into the world, you make sure you base them in the Word of God. And if you don't, you might as well put them in a big old black pot and eat them yourself. And it's yeah. pretty graphic, right? Meditations yeah. in some of the old texts is, is, is very graphic. But you know what? I think it applies today more than ever. It, you know, if you don't teach your kids and, and give them a foundation... Before you send them out in the world, you might as well put them in that big old pot and eat them yourself because the world is going to eat them for you. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Henry, and I'm very thankful for the call. And so yeah. and so we're going to uh, go on. That's Lamentations 2 or 3. I, I forgot. I ain't been in it since about 10 years, sad to say. So I'll go back to it. If I find that verse, I'll go ahead and share it with you all. Because it's graphic, but it's very telling. So y'all have a wonderful evening. Oh, thank you, Henry. I really appreciate the call. And so going on to the second kind of half of this section for the next couple minutes as we close out the first hour. Thank you for the call, Henry. Uh, Really, a lot of people are pulling their kids from public school and homeschooling's taken off, particularly, I mean, across all demographics, but uh, in the black community, homeschooling has taken off. There are millions upon millions of homeschoolers out there now. And now I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have full disclosure. I was homeschooled. And so I, the homeschooling movement is near and dear to my heart. I was homeschooled as a as a kid, and I loved it. I, I enjoyed it greatly. And that's something that's now happening. As people see what happened with COVID, the terrible lockdowns and the school closures, I'm glad we didn't have it as bad in Alabama. But in some parts of this country, it just got downright awful and we're seeing some of the effects on reading and math and various uh, developmental issues that are happening in our kids because of these lockdowns it'll it'll break your heart to be honest and so now we're looking at alternatives right I predict as schools continue to go in this direction and, you know, we'll do our best here in Alabama. I know we have we reach out to other uh, other states as well on the other side, Georgia, Tennessee, et cetera. And so, uh, y'all, let's just keep fighting. Let's let's do what we can to become teachers, to be at the meetings, to become the coaches, to get involved in our youth groups, to become the tutors. A lot of schools need tutors to, for, for their kids. And let's be there for the kids. Let's not just complain about it because, uh, you know, if you know me, you know, I can complain with the best of them. But 
We want to be a people of action to love our kids. And so I predict, well, one, we need to do that. On top of that, I predict a boom in private schools growing and uh, being created and growing. And I think the homeschooling movement's going to continue to grow. Well, friends, uh, we are nearing the end of this. Uh, we're just about at the end of the first hour. Y'all don't go anywhere. Uh, we have the second hour for you. We are going to talk about a lot of good stuff. We're going to talk about assisted suicide and abortion and uh, how that's coming to uh, America. Yes. And you know what comes to America eventually makes its way down south. However, slowly things that we really need to be aware of. So y'all don't go anywhere. This hour, if you missed it, you don't have to check out the Priority Talk podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, elsewhere. Uh, Yes. So we are going to go to break. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. And welcome back to the second hour of Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Again, if you were with us for the first hour, you heard that Greg Davis is out traveling on the road. So he will be back soon with us. And so it's me in the studio with Stuart. Uh, Stuart, make sure uh, make sure everything runs well he makes sure that everything sounds good so we he always does a good job we're thankful for him Stuart, how are you doing tonight doing fantastic that is awesome and so here we are on this uh what is it tonight goodness it's tuesday doesn't that just give you so much confidence when you're listening you're like man this radio host doesn't even know what day it is so that's just it's just it's just what i do i give people confidence in my uh, abilities but anyways it is wonderful to talk with y'all tonight uh make sure that y'all check out our social media at priority talk And then make sure you check out our website as well, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And on there, you can find our podcast. And so you can stay up to date on all the good stuff. And so what is our topic going to be for the second hour? Well, I am very, very glad you asked. Our topic is going to be a little bit of abortion, but, but it's deeper than the abortion issue. Because I'll often, so I'm an apologist. I love preaching and teaching at churches, talking about various things relating to uh, the faith, to Christianity. But there's something deeper to abortion. Abortion is dark enough itself, the killing of innocent uh, human babies. So that's dark enough itself. But we're going to talk about the logic 
underlying abortion, the reasons why people think abortion should be legalized, encouraged, in these days, even celebrated. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because I'm going to tie it in to an article. I think it was an op-ed. It was a a guest opinion. Uh, Dr. Daniel Sutter, government assisted suicide. This is on a yellow hammer. And so I'm going to lead, I'm going to get to that article. We're going to talk about it. But before I get there, we're going to talk about abortion. And so if you are around this topic enough, you kind of hear some familiar arguments, right? You kind of hear the the regular stuff. And, and, and so what we sometimes don't realize about pro-abortion arguments is that you can use those arguments outside of the womb. You can use the reasoning behind abortion on other areas, and eventually it's going to reach uh, physician-assisted suicide, as it has in Canada. We'll, we'll get to that part of this conversation. But that's what we're going to talk about right now. So, so a lot of be- people think that abortion should be allowed because, well, uh, what about money? You know, babies, they they cost a lot of money to take care of. What if a family doesn't have the money to care for a baby? And so in the minds of some, this then allows that baby to die in the womb, to be killed in the womb, because there's not enough money to take care of that child, or supposedly. And so I've answered this from an abortion standpoint. Again, I love talking about this issue. I love educating and equipping churches on this issue. And so there are lots of programs and clinics out there, uh, health clinics, pregnancy care centers, churches, uh, organizations that would love to help mothers uh, take care of their children. So there's that. But remember, that argument can be used with humans who are born, who are out in society. Well, what, what if there's just not money to take care of them? What if we can get rid of certain people? It would save our healthcare system so much money to get rid of certain types of people. So it can be used for babies or the elderly. And I think you're getting where I'm, I'm going with this slowly. And so what's another uh, pro-abortion argument? So one is money. Uh, let's see. What is, oh, oh, not wanted. That's another one. What if a baby's just not wanted? What if a mother just doesn't, you know, education, career, whatever life circumstance, what if the mother does not want the baby? Again, that I don't think that's a great argument because if someone's not wanted, that doesn't justify killing them. You know, I, I can imagine. So I grew up, let's see, I grew up with three sisters, love them dearly. But I could imagine, you know, at some points in my life when I was less than happy in my interactions with them, can you imagine being like, well, I don't really want you anymore, so you're going to go bye-bye. Well, that that's not just how this works. You don't get to look at a segment of the population, a demographic, and say, well, I don't really want you, and therefore you're dead. I don't don't think that's how that should work. And so again, that also works at the end of life. That works towards the mentally ill. That reason of not 
being wanted than being used for abortion extends to those who are mentally ill physically disabled those who are elderly and, and the justification goes well if they're not wanted they can die and so uh, that's that's very dangerous and you see start to see maybe insurance companies coming into play here you start to see uh, just uh, the 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 way the burden on the family coming to play here with some of these situations outside of the womb outside of birth and so uh yeah, there we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is another one. Well, abortion should be allowed because uh, babies can't survive on their own. They're not what's called viable. Like if you were to take a baby, an unborn baby, and just kind of place it somewhere that it would eventually die. And that's true. That That is accurate. However, that also is the case for babies that have been born. You take a six-month-old or a 12-month-old and you just place that baby somewhere random in the forest and uh, on the road, whatever it might be, that baby's not viable even after being born. Is it okay to advocate for infanticide? Should that be allowed? Because, you know, viability is a standard. What about those, uh, let's say, on, on ventilators? What about those who are hooked up on various medical machines, those who need oxygen, this, that, the other, all these uh, medical things that, that we can do now in the 21st century that help to keep people alive? Are you saying that the people in those situations that you can kill them? That doesn't make sense to me. And so what we're doing now with abortion is we are exposing, oh, goodness, if I, if I knew uh, my Latin pronunciations better, there's this term that's uh, uh, reduced to absurdity. That's kind of like what I'm doing as, uh, from an apologetic standpoint. You take a position and then you take it to its logical conclusion, you are reducing it to absurdity. That as soon as you take it to where it's logically wanting to go, where it's leading to, well, then it sounds, well, that's silly. That doesn't make sense. That's how it is with the abortion topic. The underlying reasons for abortion are so dark and twisted, you can take those reasons and then apply them to the mentally ill, the physically unfit, however you would characterize that or define it. You can take that towards the elderly, those are, who are in pain. Now, all of a sudden, you start giving hospitals and, uh, let's see, uh, insurance companies, maybe a little bit more power, the government to say who can live, who can die. Now, I know, I know if you're working at a hospital, you can come back at me and talk about all these situations of end of life care and how certain things had to be done. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I get that. But what happens is it's a cheapening of life. That's what we don't want as Christians. Life is valuable. We want to protect it as best we can. And now all of a sudden, it's going to start out, and we see this in Canada, it's going to start out with uh, assisted suicide. But it's not a long jump to go from there to, well, certain powers that be 
the certain powers just can decide who lives and who dies depending on certain criteria. It's already applied to abortion. Well, what if we take that logic and apply it to other places? And so as we head towards the break, again, this is the second hour of Priority Talk Radio. We're going to get into that um, on the next section, and I'll tease it just a little bit, by Dr. Daniel Sutter, Government-Assisted Suicide. This is on Yellowhammer. This was posted... October 30th of, uh, of this year. So what is that? A couple days ago. And so here we are, uh, November 1st, and Yellowhammer has this, uh, what is it called? Guest opinion and talks about some of uh, Canada's government run health care as an example for the U.S. to emulate. And so uh, we're going to read that on the other side of the break and we'll respond to it. And then we'll move to an article produced by Common Sense uh, run by Barry Weiss on just the situation that Canada's in with assisted suicide. And so, again, all of that is on the other side of the break, y'all. Don't go anywhere. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. I'm Nate Williams. Glad to be with you. Uh, 101.1 FM, AM 850. Y'all don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Priority Talk. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hi, I'm Pastor Greg Mott, and I'm the author of I Am Changes Who I Am, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. We are back here at Priority Talk Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. Uh, and yeah, he's um, busy doing all the cool stuff that he's up to. And I'm in the studio with Stuart. Uh, so, Stuart, as we're uh, going towards these the holidays, uh, again, I don't whatever you consider Halloween, but the other holidays, if it, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. What's your favorite holiday? I'm going to have to say Christmas because it feels like a month-long thing with the music and all that. I don't, the other holidays don't have that where you kind of just celebrate it throughout the whole month listening to music. And it kind of permeates through everything with like the radio, with you go on 
social media you just see it and i feel like people love to celebrate it early like there are people that put up christmas decorations in november so i just feel the presence of christmas a lot more also big football fan that's when bowl season starts so just the whole month of december in general the whole month of December. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, the way I've heard it described to me was, uh, let's see, it's like October, November, and December are. It, it's like the weekend of the year. It's like the Saturday and Sunday things slow down. The first part of the year goes by, you know, doing whatever. And then you can kind of savor the year towards the end. I was like, oh, that's kind of a new way of putting it. I've never thought about. But, uh, but yeah. And so, uh, anyways, that's, that's where we're at right now. And so, uh, continuing on with our topic that we began. Again, this is the second hour. Uh, we are on Monday through Friday five to seven we're on the second hour now and we're talking a little bit about uh, reasons for abortion that you then take and apply to other areas of life and that's the that's the part that you don't like it's the slippery slope and oftentimes conservatives get bashed for the slippery slope and people are like oh those are scare tactics and oh you're trying to you know whatever it's not going to get that bad but time and time again Logic flows as it tends to do when you justify one activity using certain reasons. Well, then you have this other activity that comes right around the corner. And if those same reasons still apply to activity number two, that activity, that lifestyle, that behavior, whatever it is, is then allowed. Because if you allow the first one, you have to allow the second one, et cetera, et cetera. And so we want to be careful with the reasonings that we use for what we do. Because then uh, sometimes you open up a door or, uh, you know, you go down that slope and you start to pick up speed. But anyways, we come to a, a guest opinion by uh, from Yellowhammer, uh, Dylan Smith. Now, to tell you a little bit about Dylan Smith. Not Dylan Smith. That's the wrong name. Daniel Sutter. There we go. Daniel Sutter. He is a professor of economics at Troy University. And yes, yeah, so he is from Troy University. And from the tone of this article, he seems to be for uh, government-assisted suicide, uh, physician-assisted suicide, but some like legal way, because you can't just be like, hey, here's a weapon, go and uh, do something terrible with it. So it's like government allowed in some form or fashion. And so he cites Canada's government-run healthcare as an example for the U.S. to potentially follow. And so he, he does the usual thing. Well, it should be someone's individual right, you know, uh, that they, if they want to end their life, they can and so uh that's that's part of it so individual rights and then let's see you you want full individual autonomy over care and so if you want individual autonomy well that means you should be able to choose end-of-life care uh let's see end-of-life care is expensive uh, he says that 20% of all health care expenditures in the province of Manitoba 
if I'm pronouncing that correctly, occur on average during the last six months of life. And I'm quoting the article here. The impact of assisted suicide on cost is a natural question. One study estimated that perhaps 4% of deaths might be assisted with potential savings of $140 million annually in 60 percent of cases suicide would hasten death by a month or less these estimates i think when i say i think it's not me it's the author of this article uh, this opinion uh these estimates i think strengthen the argument for legal assisted suicide and then goes on to there's then the emotional appeal that if you've watched a loved one a loved one suffer gone through pain this that the other that you should that you should you know really consider this uh, let's see. Uh, recent stories, though, this is again from the opinion, report that Canadian healthcare officials now inform patients, including the non terminally ill, of their assisted suicide option. Uh, let's see. Assisted suicide is legal in Canada for non terminal conditions producing intolerable suffering with no hope for treatment. Uh, let's see. And so he hits on something right there. It always starts with the rare cases. Let's take abortion. Oh, as long as it's just rare in extreme circumstances, you know, incest, life of the mother's at risk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It'll just stop there. But it never does, does it? Abortion now has moved to pro-abortion. Abortions are good. Women should have abortions. Abortion is what it means to be a woman. Do you see how that slippery slope went? It went from, I think it was called like the Hyde Amendment and that kind of uneasy compromise between the left and the right to, to now on, uh, on the woke side of the left, you shout your abortion and you celebrate it. Okay. So now with this, remember, 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 it's only for the elderly. It's only for those in extreme pain. It's only for those. But then what happens is just like in Canada, it's going to move. It's going to move in certain directions to where it's just going to be eventually. Well, individual autonomy, anyone at any time should be able to end their life. Anyone at any time. Oh, uh, what about kids? Well, kids can suffer. Uh, you know, we allow kids to change their gender. You know, kids, we treat kids like adults in some really perverse ways. Why can't a kid end their life? You know, they, they know uh, everything about life and we need to trust them on this, 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 this. But what about end of life care? You know, what about those who are depressed? What about those who are mentally ill? What about all of a sudden... What the end of this slippery slope is anyone can commit suicide for any reason with government assistance because people are expensive. Y'all let's, let's look at the money. Remember you do money with the, with abortions, how, how, you know, families can save lives by not having more kids. Well, let's think about monies that society can save. Think about all the, uh, the, the healthcare costs that could be cut if you just kill everyone. Do y'all see how perverse this is? That again, that you get a foot in the door by just talking about the elderly or just talking about those in pain, but it never ends there.
It never ends there. It's anyone for any reason. And so you see it in Canada. Y'all, and I'm going to go on a little little rant here. Y'all see what's happening in Europe and Canada and know that that's where we will be in 10, 15, 20 years. So we are just a little bit behind them. People have different thoughts and opinions on why that is. But what Europe is today, America will be tomorrow. And so I think uh, if my research is correct, there are around 10 U.S. states that allow uh, assisted suicide in some form or fashion. Now, when I say assisted suicide, this is not, you know, someone just handing someone else a weapon and saying, hey, do something with this. No, 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 no. It's like government legalized uh, physician assisted suicide. And so it's under the guise of being loving, right? Same thing with the abortion issue. Oh, we just want to take care of women that's what we're doing we're just loving women well it's not loving women to kill their children and also abortion has horrible effects on the women themselves that's never talked about but that again side issue now we're talking about assisted suicide y'all it's the same way here again it's just we want to love people right and the loving thing to do is to allow them to end their life well, sometimes what happens is the, that that power will be taken away from certain individuals. The UAB football season is in full swing and tickets are on sale now to see your Blazers in action at Protective Stadium. Visit UABsports.com to grab your tickets and stay updated on all of the latest information about upcoming games, great promotions, and deals for the whole family. Single game tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. Don't miss a minute of the action. UAB Blazer football tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like. Welcome to Priority Talk Radio. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're on the other side of uh, 6.30, heading towards the end of the second hour. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. I'm with Stuart in the studio, and uh, we're having a great time. It is a great day, but the topic we're talking about tonight, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little tough one, but one we need to be educated about and aware. And at this point, you might be like, well... These are. This is a sad topic. I, I don't like it. And here are my thoughts. We need to be educated and informed. But after that point, y'all go for a walk, hang out with your family, go to church, partake in various hobbies, go and live your life. And so these things are necessary, even if what we're talking about is really tough. We're talking right now about assisted suicide. It's a tough topic. So get educated on it. And then once you feel you have a grasp of it, go and do things that, that'll be more uplifting. So you kind of have to have both. Those are my thoughts. And so we're moving on. There's a yellow hammer uh, guest opinion that we talked about. And now we're moving on to an article from uh, Common Sense. Uh, I think that was started by Barry Weiss uh, by a person named Rupa. This is a, an article by Rupa titled Scheduled to Die. The Rise of Canada's Assisted Suicide Program. And the story is told through the lens of, it's, it's well, well written. You have the story about an issue, uh, 
And then within the story is a personal situation that kind of makes it real. And so I'll read the first few paragraphs. On September 7th, Margaret Marcilla called Joshua Tepper, the doctor who planned to kill her son. Marcilla is 46, and she lives outside Toronto with her husband and daughter, a nursing student. She had known that her 23-year-old son, Keanu Vafayen, was depressed. He was diabetic and had lost his vision in one eye, and he didn't have a job or girlfriend or much of a future. And Marcilla asked her daughter to log on to Keanu's account. Uh, Keanu had given his sister access so she could help him with his email. He never shared anything with his mother, what he was thinking, where he was going, and Marcilla was scared. That was when Marcilla learned that Keanu had applied and, in late July, been approved for medical assistance in dying also known as MAID, so MAID stands for Medical Assistance in Dying, had been approved for MAID, um, also, that's it's a euphemism for assisted suicide. His death was scheduled for September 22nd. And so, anyways, that's kind of the backdrop of the story, just a, something to make it real, and, uh, yeah. And Marcella was very concerned about, uh, let's see, about Keanu. And so let's talk a little bit about Canada's uh, uh, situation. It's poised to become the most permissive euthanasia regime in the world. Uh, According to the article, when we think of assisted suicide or euthanasia, we imagine a limited number of elderly people with late stage cancer or advanced ALS in severe pain. The argument for helping them is clear death is imminent why should they be forced to suffer and so again what we talked about in the last section before the break was that's where it always starts it always starts so you know if death is reasonably foreseeable there's a lot of pain you know uh, there uh, canada's not alone in this the netherlands switzerland belgium spain australia and new zealand among others allow assisted suicide and so do 10 states in the us and so in 2017 the first full year in which made again that's the euphemism for assisted suicide which is administered by provincial governments was in operation 2,838 people opted to do this by 2021 four years later that figure had jumped to 10,064 deaths accounting for more than 3% of all deaths in Canada that year and so all in all uh, all in all it's it's rising as we live, and this gets into a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of, uh, you know, cultural, uh, just what's going around in our Western culture, we live in an increasingly hopeless culture. What's my purpose? Why am I here? Why should I be going through this? I didn't consent to be born, so I don't want to be here. That kind of thinking. And, uh, you know, indeed, uh, going back to the article, in some Canadian provinces, nearly 5% of deaths are made deaths. In 2021, uh, the province of Quebec reported that 4.7% of deaths were due to made. In British Columbia, the number was 4.8, so all around 5%. Progressive Vancouver Island is unofficially known as the assisted death capital of the world, doctors told me. Why the dramatic increase? Why are these things? Because remember, it was just very rare, 
for the for the elderly, those in a lot of pain. Why why are so many people dying? And so what happens is again that slippery slope is admitted in the article. There's a increasingly more liberal and more liberal view, so it's getting more liberal all the time, of what it means to define reasonably foreseeable death, you know, to, to kind of quip, we're all technically dying, right? Like, you know, um, whether you're younger or older, technically. And so we're all going to go see Jesus at one point or another. And so what happened was it went from that reasonably foreseeable to, well, what if someone was just suffering from something that they didn't want to tolerate or it was intolerable to them? Or what if something that, you know, they're, they're just suffering in general? What about mental illness? What about this, that, the other? And so uh, in 2023, those numbers are almost certain to rise. Next March, the government is scheduled to expand the pool of eligible suicide seekers to include the mentally ill. And this this is the quote in the in the article from Common Sense, mature minors. According to Canada's Department of Justice, parents are generally entitled to make treatment decisions on their children's behalf. The mature minor doctrine, however, allows children deemed sufficiently mature to make their own treatment decisions. And so the federal government does not define mature, but uh, that's the word, I guess, that it uses. Y'all, do you see what's happening now? If you are a mature minor in Canada in 2023 and you want to end your life because you're suffering from something intolerable, however you define that, you can be a part of this made program. Again, conservatives are bashed up and down, day in, day out, for using the slippery slope argument. Don't let the foot in the door because it's not just going to stay there. The door will not just be open a few inches. The door will be swung open as far as it goes, and eventually the door is just going to break and everything's allowed on that particular issue. And so... Y'all, you know, there's the there's the whole oath that doctors take, right? Uh, that to to not do harm, or I, f- I forget the specifics. But so, do some doctors in this article are a little bit uh, are a little bit, you know, worried about this because it goes against the oath that they took, and so uh, or that they live under, and uh, so the the article then talks about a doctor that's for it, against it, et cetera, et cetera. And so what happens is people are in an increasingly nihilistic world. It's being called a new social safety net that it can solve your problems. If you have been abused as a child, there's one story, a Mitchell Tremblay, uh, 40 years old. Uh, you know, if you've been abused as a child, you know, you might and you can't cope with it you're not healed from it or on a path of healing however you want to put it and you just want out you can go out uh, there are uh, death cafes in Canada where you go and you can talk about these issues over a cup of tea. There are death uh, communities like made communities online on, on Twitter and on Facebook. And, and, and so it, it's a culture of death where, where life isn't valued. And, and what happens is, well, what if you're in a lot of debt? What if you're going through a tough time? What if you're this and that, the other? There, there. You just apply for MAID, 
again, it's a euphemism. It's called made. And, uh, and, and eventually the Canadian government will just allow you to, to do it. And so the article continues to talk about various people, various uh, situations that why you would look for made, why you'd want to do it. And so there, uh, the article says there are a few options for living with dignity. And so they then talk about the money that can be saved by killing people, that people killing themselves saves society a lot of money. And uh, yeah, it's just very, very dark. And then the story then finishes by going back to the Marcilla and Keanu situation to kind of uh, wrap it up. And y'all, I hope you don't think that I'm crazy when I say the U.S. is heading in that direction. It starts with abortion. You allow certain reasonings to take place, to save money, to save the family, for society, blah, blah, blah. People aren't wanted. And then that the door is open. And then the door is ripped out. And, and the, it all comes through. Assisted suicide, euthanasia, just getting rid of the people in society who are not wanted or the people in society who just they don't want to be alive it's a social safety net y'all that's not a healthy society a culture that looks to die is a culture that will eventually be dead you can't have a nihilistic culture that will not collapse in on itself you can't have a nihilistic culture that, that will, will be thriving and healthy and whole. And this is where the church can come in. So we're going to talk a little bit about this on the other side. What can the church do? Well, what should the church do about this? You know, these are very important issues that sometimes we're, if you're in Alabama, the surrounding states, you're like, man, we're in the South. That ain't going to happen. It will eventually. We're just a couple decades behind. Anyways, friends, uh, I have to go to break real soon, but don't go anywhere. We're going to finish out the hour strong, heading into seven o'clock, and we'll talk about what the church can do on this topic. How should we respond? This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 
1-800-889-9630. This is Glenn Coffey, former running back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're listening to Grad Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Here we are finishing out the second hour of the show. And I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. I'm in the studio with Stuart. Studio with Stuart. I just like that ring. I I feel like you could do something with that. Yeah, maybe. We should maybe see if we can do something with it. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I don't know. A podcast, uh, something. Stuart with uh, Stuart Studios, studio with Stuart. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked, but uh, that's, that sounds good to me. But uh, we, we've been talking about assisted suicide, uh, government-assisted suicide. And so I'm going to read Psalm 139. I want to end this hour on a high note. And uh, it can these are dark times. Uh, we our Western culture, as we head away head away from a Judeo Christian values, and we ab- embrace a sort of atomistic individualism where we define ourselves and we give ourselves meaning and we live for what we want and what makes us happy. You know, la la la. Everyone else can go jump off a cliff. As we head in that direction. And we get nihilistic, where we're depressed. Y'all, let's hold on to Scripture. And so I'm going to read a part of Psalm 139. I don't believe I'll read the whole thing. But uh, yeah, a Psalm of David. Verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me, be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And so I'll stop there, verse 14, but it's a beautiful psalm. Friends, God has given us the gift of life. And there are times when life is tough, you know, with bills and health, and there's a lot of suffering there. But our God is a good God who wants us to stand for life, to stand for the unborn and the elderly, for the mentally ill, the physically uh, disabled, those in pain, 
Y'all, that's why we're here. That is our mission, to reach people with the gospel, to protect them, to love them. And so we, we didn't talk a whole lot about politics on this second, you know, in the second hour. But one of the best way as Christians that we can show the love of Christ is by implementing policy that protects the vulnerable. In a world where that only really cares for the young, the attract. Now, when I say young, I meant more young adult, not like babies or the unborn. Our culture doesn't really care so much about that. But in a society that values the young adults, that values the attractive, the able, the brilliant. Well, you know, when it came to genes and all that, God, God skipped me with most of those things, if not all those things. But... Uh, that's uh, in a culture that values you depending on your attractiveness or what you can offer people. We are to love and take care of those who are the voiceless, the defenseless, those who otherwise can't defend themselves. That's where we're supposed to be at. And so I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. I, I don't think that's my job. If, if it is, I missed that memo in my job description. But I will tell you that policies do matter. And so for those of you, and there are a lot of Christians on the fence when it comes to voting or being politically active, and they're like, well, you know, I don't want to be what's called, you know, Christianity Today has had a few articles on this, like a Christian nationalist that just believes that, you know, all Christians should be in government and only Christians and Christians should have special privileges and la 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 and then just use fight to get your way. And, you know, you want to maybe avoid those labels. And so you're you're wondering, well, uh, how politically involved should I get? This is the way I put it. When you're cold, you wear a coat, right? Or a jacket, a sweater. When you're hungry, you go eat some food. I, earlier, what did I have? I think I had a banana and some granola and I had that for a snack. Anyways, no one wants to hear that. But, you know, when you're hungry, you go and you eat. When you do those things, you're not telling that banana or you're not telling that sweater that, oh, my goodness, you are my salvation. You'll save my soul. You're going to take me to heaven to be eternally with God. Wow. Thank you, sweater. No. Thank you, banana. No, that's not how that works. You just, it's a blessing available to you that you then use, but that's not what where you're putting your spiritual hope and salvation in. It's just a blessing that you then use. That's how I view things like democracy and republics. And uh, that's how I view being able to be politically involved and have influence the way that voters can have y'all. When you are politically active, if you're going about it the right way, you're not putting your hope in some earthly kingdom. You're not saying, wow, this, at least I hope you're not, this political party that I'm voting for is going to save my soul. This is where I put my hope and my trust and my peace in. No, you're not going to find any of that in a political party. They all will fail you at one point or another. Why? Because political parties are filled with humans and, uh, 
humans are the worst part of humanity. And so, uh, no, that's not what you're saying. You're not putting your hope in those things. It's just a blessing available to you that isn't available to everyone else. You look at North Korea, uh, Korea, wow. That's a, that's a great word to use. You look at North Korea, there, there, there we go. You look at China, you look at other nations out there and the people in those nations don't have those blessings. They have other blessings and you know, we're to be thankful for uh, you know, God for whatever blessings we have, like sh sure, definitely. But in America, those are blessings that we have that I think we should use. And so people are like, oh, if you vote, I had this one English teacher. I was taking an online class. I was homeschooled my whole life. And I had a, I had an English teacher who said, if you vote, you're not putting your trust in Jesus. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. If you're, if you're cold and you go put on a sweater, you're not trusting Jesus to keep you warm. No, you're cold. Go put on a sweater. God has blessed you, given you a sweater. Go use it. If, you know, if we're voting again now, this is where we need to check our hearts. We're going into election season 2022 in November. And then, you know, as always, we're going to have the super peaceful, completely calm elections in 2024. Uh, you know, that's coming up in a couple years. Just remember, where's your hope? Where is your joy? It's not in politics. Use those blessings as best you can for the for the glory of Christ to lift up the name of Jesus. But no, that's not where your hope is. That's not going to save you. Go enjoy your family. Go be be involved in your local church. Go take a hobby. Get off social media. Turn off the TV from time to time and and just enjoy God's creation and enjoy above all the creator who has given us all these things and so we know our rest is in jesus and one day jesus is gonna come back and uh he's he's gonna take us home i don't know your thoughts on the rapture the various positions there i you know there are lots of positions out there but we know regardless our hope is christians it's in jesus not a political party They'll let you down, not in people, they'll let you down, but in Jesus. And so we want to end on that. And so, I, and, you know, as I tend to do when I'm on the show and I finish out the hour, I always like to finish with the gospel, y'all. As you're driving home, wherever you're driving out there, uh, make sure to be praying. Pray for your families. Uh, pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Uh, you know, praise God for all, you know, the count your blessings. Uh, we're heading towards Thanksgiving. Uh, God has given us so much. Count your blessings. Remember your Savior who died on the cross for your sins. By his grace alone, we're saved. Let's, let's uh, strengthen our faith. Let's uh, pray that, you know, God removes the sin in our hearts so that we can see him more clearly and love him more dearly. That's what we're trying to do, right, friends? And so, yeah, as we finish out this hour, again, the second hour, I want to thank y'all for tuning in, listening in. If you've missed any of this, you don't have to. You know, again, we've been on at two hours at this point from five to seven. We have our podcast, Priority Talk. Uh, y'all make sure to download that, listen in. There's Priority PriorityTalkRadio.com, 101.1 FM, AM 850. Again, we're on uh, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Y'all be driving safe. Y'all keep your eyes on the road. If you're at home, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. Y'all have a good night.